to the Illuminated Podcast. I am April Burnell Cleek, and I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Uh, this is episode one of Illuminative. So, why are you here? What is Illuminative? It is a new company that I am starting. This is the introduction to it. And the purpose of it is because I wanted to create business owners. But not only business owners, I wanted to create change. So to teach people who want to come to this podcast, who want to be a part of the company, how to run a business. How do you get started? How do you bring more people into a company and actually make money? So today I'm going to talk about wealth. How did I get started? Where did I come from? What is the purpose of Illuminative? For me, the biggest purpose, sure, I'm going to teach you how to create wealth. But more importantly, I want change to happen. I want change to happen for you personally. I want change to happen for you professionally. I want change to happen in your family, in your friends, in your future, because it did for me. And I'm going to take you on that journey and teach you what I have learned, why I started the company, how did I get what we call success, or maybe we call it wealth. And then the ups and the downs. And I want to bring you on that journey because I get it. I relate. And I'm going to teach you why I relate, what you need to do to change what you believe, and then give you tools and advice along every single podcast. I'm going to bring in speakers from all over the world, and we can hear from their stories. We can learn from their belief system. We can learn why do they believe what they believe. How are they changing the world? How are they changing their future? How are they changing their circumstances? And what does that look like? So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of Illuminative. I would love for you to become a part of the Illuminative family. I want to create a family that eventually is around the world of making a global impact, both personally and professionally. So tune in. If you don't join our Illuminative family, if nothing less, I hope that this inspires you and encourages you. It speaks to not only your heart and your mind, but your soul and the very essence of your being and who you are. I'm not here so that I can sit here and tell you my story. I'm here because I truly want to create change for you and your life. I want to create impact. I want this podcast to make a difference. So let me take you on my journey. Let me tell you a little bit about my story. And let me encourage you to to listen, not only to my words, but to that inner voice that maybe has been speaking to you for a long time and you haven't maybe been listening or responding back. It was about 14 years ago and a tire went out on my car. So I drive to the tire shop or uh, put my you know little spare on and I go to the tire shop and I walk in and he said, that tire will be $100. However, you need all four new tires. So you're looking at about $400. I was speechless. I walked outside, could cry even still thinking about it. I sat on the curb and I began sobbing. I didn't have $400. Can anybody relate? I didn't have it. So $100, 
would have already been tough, but you're telling me something that I don't have. So what do I do? Well, I was feeling sorry for myself. I sat on that curb and I just cried. And I had a friend with me and he said, do you not believe that you're provided for, that you're taken care of? And for me, somebody who grew up in a home full of faith, did I believe that God would provide? I did. However, my response to the $400 said otherwise. So I had my moment and I, I pulled up, you know, my credit card and I walked in and I paid for my tires very reluctantly and still essentially with a heavy heart. Well, I was waiting tables at that time. I not only was waiting tables, I was working at a church. I was working at a coffee shop and um, just trying to do whatever I could do to make ends meet. So I decided, okay, I'm waiting tables. The weekend's coming up. I'll just work as many double shifts as I can. And for those of you who know the restaurant industry, that means you're working a lunch shift and an evening shift on your feet, staying as late as you can, typically working about 14 hours, if not 16 hours. And waiting tables is tough. If you're listening, be kind to your servers. It is a tough, tough job. And tip them well. (laughs) Well, that weekend, I went in and I hustled and I worked hard. And I worked three doubles. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That weekend, I not only got my first $100 tip, but by Sunday night, I had $700 that I got in tips. So looking back, I realized it was a very powerful moment for me because I did have that $400. I did. I just didn't believe it at that moment. Do I believe that God's my provider? Yes, do I believe that I can like have immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine? Yes. But are there times in my life where I didn't believe it? And that was something that I really had to learn. I had to start thinking differently. I had to start believing differently. Well, fast forward four or five years from that moment. And I was working as a consultant and I was traveling and sometimes I would work and sometimes I didn't work because I either had a contract job or I didn't. The consulting industry is amazing because it's very lucrative. However, sometimes you have work and, and sometimes you don't, as I said. Well, I was the sole provider in my house and so a lot of the, all of the weight of the bills were on my shoulders. I didn't have work coming in. Finances were always very stressful um, for me. I, I didn't have an abundance mindset. Right, wrong, or indifferent, if I think about it, I didn't grow up in a family that had an abundance mindset. I always had food on the table. I always had a roof over my head. But there wasn't an abundance. It was if I'm given $100 to go back to school Uh, then I get to decide how I want to spend that $100 on school clothes or shoes or what I needed. But I couldn't have more than that. Uh, I've been working since I was 13 years old. So it was always like, if you want something, work for it, which I agree. I love that. I think um, a work ethic is really important. But anyway, so going back to uh, I'm working, I'm not working. 
And I call this the feast or famine mode in my life. Sometimes I had an abundance of work and, and we had a lot of money. I had a lot of money coming in. And other times when I didn't, it became fearful for me. And fear became a dominant aspect. Well, I was married at that time and I was at church and fear of money was starting to control my mind. Can you relate? Sure, a lot of you can. We've all been in moments where it's been tough, no matter where we come from or how we were raised. There's never a dull moment when it comes to being fearful of money, I think, in anybody's life. Offering plate comes around. And my husband at that time looked at me and he said, how much do we have in our bank account? Because you don't believe that God is going to provide for us. And I want to give it all away. And I began to just cry and tremble and shake. And I said, please, because I didn't have work coming in and being the only provider, I felt like I needed to carry that weight on my shoulders. So I sat there and I still could cry. And I gave the rest of our money away. When you have that moment of not knowing what the future holds, it's the hardest thing to give. But that day changed my life forever when it came to money. Because I finally said, I will not let the fear of finances control me. Instead, I will choose faith from this day forth. I'm tired of going around this hamster wheel. And so I, I gave it. I had my cry moment. And to be honest, I sat before God. And I said, just take this from me and fill me with faith. And no more fear, no more famine. I plant a money tree in my backyard and I will go pick from it every day, whenever I need it. From a biblical perspective, we're most everybody in the world knows the Our Father's Prayer. But one aspect of that prayer, it's thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Well, if I look at that perspective, that the kingdom can come on earth as it is in heaven, then no matter what I'm doing in life, it will bring forth golden streets. It'll bring forth kingdom. It'll bring forth abundance. So I gave. That next morning, I got a call from a client that needed somebody to come on site right away. Of course, I was more than happy to get that call. I jump on the plane. I head up to, to Massachusetts and I began working. Well, it was at that place where I started my company, uh, my first company, which is called EHR Concepts. It's a healthcare IT staffing and consulting firm. I started my company there and that client to date has brought in over $13 million into my business. Just that one client. And it's, I'm not, the message is not, Hey, give so that you can get. And I think sometimes it's very misunderstood. The message is don't live by fear, live by faith, live by abundance and live in obedience to listening. Because what I would do is I would listen and God would say to me, you will have more than enough. I mean, 
One of my favorite quotes saying scriptures is you will have immeasurably more than you could ever, ever ask or imagine. And when you listen to these podcasts, you'll probably hear me say it again and again and again, because I want you to believe that you really will. I want abundance to come into your life. I want you to be able to go pick your, your money tree. I want fear to fall off of you. I want to transform your mind into what do you believe? I didn't believe in wealth. I think I didn't really know what it was. And yes, wealth can be, wealth can be associated with finances. But wealth has been meant so much more to me than a dollar. Because I realized whether I have a dollar in my account or whether I have $100 or $1,000 or $10,000 in my account, it doesn't change what happens to my heart and my mind and my soul. It starts with me. And then I realized wealth can create healing. Wealth creates hope. Wealth creates water in times of drought. I was just thinking about, you know how when you go see somebody do an act of service or an act of kindness, I don't know if you watch those uh, reality shows where uh, even, what is it called? It's a reality show where the CEOs are... um, undercover or even undercover boss and they go and they give to their employees and then there was another one another show where they took their own money um, to give it away and it's like for me I would watch those shows and you just sit there and you cry because it brings so much hope it brings so much um, joy into these people's lives and so then what happens our hearts gets changed and and we start to grow and change and it's like I want to be a part of that. That's what I'm, I want my life to be because that at that moment is wealth. It had nothing to do with money. It had everything to be creating and breathing life into another human being. To change nations, to feed the hungry, to bring water to the thirsty, to heal the brokenhearted, to heal the sick. Like That's what wealth is. I think wealth is also a can-do attitude. It's um, seeing the glass half full. You know, I actually started studying recently uh, the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. And an optimist always sees themselves doing better. And a pessimist is not a negative thing. They just, they're very accurate and analytical. So if you can, you know, relate, are you more the optimist or the pessimist? If you're the pessimist, you are probably more on the analytical side, the very factual side, um, bottom line. And if you're the optimist, you're probably more of the visionary and um, can see into the future and then always want better for yourself. Neither is wrong, but the optimist is always looking ahead. And so I think when you can see yourself as always doing better, And always having a can-do attitude, that is, to me, one of the very aspects that creates wealth. So I ask you, do you believe that you're wealthy? And then I also ask you, what do you believe wealth is? Because if you believe, if you don't believe you're wealthy, then let's start with that. And let's start with the I am wealthy. Wealthy statement. 
I'm going to talk more about the power of confession and the power of the I am. And that is the whole purpose behind Illuminative. But then I also challenge to ask you, what is wealth to you? Wealth could be the fact that you're healthy, that you have children, that you have a loving mother or a loving father, that you have a best friend, that you have a job, that you can walk out your door and get something to eat. So let me take you back to how it got, my success got started for me. I was newly married and I didn't have a lot of job opportunities. We were in Fayetteville, North Carolina at Fort Bragg. Uh, My husband at the time was serving in the army. And so I decided to go and wait tables. It was always my my go-to and my fallback. Well, I was working at a Carabas and I didn't want to stay in the restaurant industry, but I quickly got promoted to a front of the house manager. And so I was then hiring uh, a lot of the servers and training them. And then I also would be the one that walked around and saw if people were having a good dinner, how are they doing? And was there anything that we could do for them? Well, the next thing you know, I'm being sent to proprietary school because the proprietary proprietor of that Carabas wanted me to own a Carabas or two. Well, I didn't want to, but it was an opportunity in front of me and I'm young. And so I started doing that. But truth of the matter is I didn't like my job. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to work in the uh, restaurant industry. And I was not grateful at all. And I would come home complaining all the time. And I'm sure there's people listening that can relate because we've all had a job that we just don't like. Probably a lot of them. You may be in a job that you don't like. Well, I went to church and again, heard God say, how about tomorrow you start being thankful? Be thankful for your boss. Be thankful for your job. Be thankful you have a job. Be thankful that you have the ability to make money. Be thankful for your health. Be thankful for everybody that works with you. (sighs) Okay, I will try to be thankful. So I started being um, thankful and I... Uh, in my mind, I would thank, uh, be thankful for my boss and be thankful for uh, the table that was rude to me and be thankful for you know, this, that, and the other. But within a week, the more I was thankful, I realized that my perspective started changing. Somebody walked in the restaurant and said, what do you want to do with your life? And at that time, I said, I don't know, something like pharmaceutical sales or medical sales. I knew nothing about that industry, but I had a prior roommate that was in it and it looked pretty glamorous. So I thought, yeah, that's what I wanted to. And so, and I, you know, it sounded better than waiting tables or owning a restaurant. Well, they said, what about training doctors all over the world on an electronic health record? Yes, I think that sounds fabulous. Well, I had no idea what he was talking about, but anything to not do what I was doing. The next thing you know, I'm on a plane to Washington, D.C. He got me the job. And, um, and at that time, he got me a $50,000 salary. And that was life-changing money for me. I think the most my mother had ever made was maybe 35000 It was 2004 at the time, and I was 24 years old. So... I accepted the job. I felt completely unqualified and I flew to Washington, DC to begin training on 
on electronic health records, which who knew that that was going to eventually be my future company that I started in 2008, officially launched in 2010. And I have since then trained and implemented electronic health records um, for me personally all over the world, but for my company in 38 states of the United States. And I'm so grateful because I really believe the power of Thanksgiving was where that shift happened for me. And I carried that forth in every single aspect of my life in being thankful. No matter whether we're having a good day at the company or a bad day, whether I'm having a good day in my personal life or a bad day, I always go back to Thanksgiving and being thankful. I don't know if any of you guys own a gratitude journal, but I think it's really important to focus on gratitude. And so I encourage you to get a gratitude journal. You can get one on Amazon or um, actually we'll be adding it to our collection uh, at Illuminative. So you can get an Illuminative journal. And if nothing else, find one thing to be grateful for each day and focus on it. If, if you're having a really tough day and it's nothing else, just be thankful that you have clean water to drink. It's that simple. And it doesn't have to be you're thankful that a circumstances will change. Um, there's a lot of loss and grief and hurt in this world. Um, but just a simple statement of I am thankful could change your entire day for the entire day. And it's practicing it. So say to yourself, I am thankful. And if you have something to be really specific, then be specific in the I am thankful for and fill in the blanks. Find a piece of paper, put it on your phone. A lot of times when I'm going through a tough time, I'll find an inspirational quote or an I am statement and I'll, I'll capture it and put it on my screensaver because every time I pick up my phone, which we know we check our phones a hundred or more times a day, then it's right there in front of you. And why repetition is so important is because the more you study the mind, the more you can reprogram the mind. Uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf, L-E-A-F, is one of my favorite teachers. She is um, a brain scientist that teaches on the brain. And she talks about how to reprogram our brain. She said, well, there's two functions of the brain when it comes to thoughts. They're either full of fear or they're full of faith. And there's nothing in between. So when I began to learn for me personally, the difference, which I've already shared some stories with you, that there are fear thoughts and there are faith thoughts, I started to recognize when I was having a fear thought. And as soon as I could recognize I was having the fear thought, I then learned that I could heal that thought. I encourage you to go buy some of her books or listen to her um, on YouTube or her podcast, but I'll give you a little snippet of the things that she has taught me. She was talking about when there's times in your life where uh, maybe a, a traumatic experience happened, whether you remember it or don't remember it, they, they create all your dendrites and your axons and your neurons come together and they create what looks like a tree in your brain. And if you begin to go into the brain, you'll see patterns of like the nerves and the stem cells. You guys probably know what I'm talking about that forms a tree. Well, when you have a negative experience, that dendrite will create a, a, uh, a an arm of the tree, and it creates these little branches that almost look like thorns. 
and they become frayed and broken. And so if, if, if a scientist is studying the brain and they're looking at it and they are with a patient and they recall a traumatic memory for somebody and they can see that portion of the brain light up, they can tell when the memories are painful and broken. And that is where um, typical like anxiety or a feeling or fear or withdrawn or the, re- the nervous system begins to respond to that because that memory is broken. And um, she also calls it breeze through the trees. She said, when you have a memory, it's like blowing breath through those trees. And that's what triggers it. Um, A happy memory, you guys, is like a song. Maybe you have a song that you love or what's your theme song? What's your anthem when you just need to get in the the zone? Like the eye of the tiger, you know, you hear that song and most people get them pumped up. Whether it goes back to Rocky or a memory, well, that breath, is blowing through a tree that's healthy and whole and that is not going to have those frayed um, memories or broken little uh, stems. Instead, they're strong and they're whole. And the more you entertain that tree, let's go back to Eye of the Tiger. We should cue music, Eye of the Tiger. Just kidding. So as, as you listen to Eye of the Tiger, it's like you get pumped up and you want to go run a marathon and, or maybe, you know, conquer the world or go into a kickboxing class and you just get so excited. Somebody asked me what my theme song was the other day and uh, I didn't really have an answer, but right now I would have to say, you guys are probably going to laugh at me, it would probably be Katy Perry's Roar because it just gets me pumped. I don't know what it is, but it's like the whole I'm the tiger and you're going to hear me roar. Um, uh, 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 you know, like it just because I'm like, I want to roar. I want to be, to have my voice resonate and be heard and have a tiger like I, um, that just is willing to attack and go and not letting anything get in my way. So that's my theme song. What's yours? Uh, You could be thinking about that. And then maybe wake up and play it. Find a theme song because as you go and you're creating that strong memory, it just gets stronger and stronger and healthier and healthier. And it becomes repetitive. And then what happens? It flows. That energy flows into your bloodstream and it begins to change your state. Any of you guys that are uh, Anthony Robbins fans or also known as Tony Robbins, Um, If you go to one of his conferences, he has you jumping around and kind of raising the roof and getting all crazy. But what he calls it is changing your state and gets you in what he says, a peak state. Well, I couldn't agree more because if, if a breeze through the trees, if that breath is blowing on a negative experience, the reaction um, occurs in your body is typically negative. Um, But when you have a good experience or a happy memory, or you're practicing your I am statement, so you're practicing the Thanksgiving, then your state changes, your body changes, your heartbeat changes, your breath changes. Then at that moment, you can let joy and love and peace resonate in your soul. So one of the purposes of Illuminative, which I will begin talking about why I started this company, why I'm here telling you my story, why I'm encouraging you is because this is what I want Illuminative to do. I want it to spread light and I want it to create change in your mind. But change doesn't come if you're just sitting there and not participating. Change comes by healing and creating strong memories The good news is is that Dr. Caroline Lee teaches that it only takes 21 days to heal a broken or traumatic experience and to take those toxic 
thoughts or that toxic memory and heal it into creating a healthy whole memory. And so again, the purpose of Illuminative and why um, we're doing this company is because that's the mission that we want to spread. So let me tell you more about what Illuminative is. Yes, it's an apparel line. Yes, it's, it's going to be an accessory line. Soon to be um, a, a home collection line. But I'm taking uh, the story behind it and trying to spread, uh, let's call it spread the love. But really, the tagline is be what you believe. Every single piece is going to have an I am statement. So if you're wearing a shirt, let's say it's this shirt that we created, maybe the I am statement is going to be around here on the sleeve. Maybe this one is I am smart. I'll tell you, I didn't know I was smart. I was the girl that uh, was excited if I got a B minus. I was like, mom, I'm passing. Or even a C was okay. Uh, but I... I didn't realize I was smart because when you're in when you're in school, people say you're smart because you're in honors or you're getting A's or you get high scores on the SATs. Well, that that's smart, right? So why would I ever think like, oh, I am smart? Well, when I got that job in 2004 and I flipped to DC, I'm sitting in a room completely unqualified. And I'm not saying I'm unqualified to, to be humble or anything. I was unqualified. I'm sitting in a room, thank goodness I was in the back of the class, and everybody is at least 10 to 20 years older than me, prior military with medical experience. And then there's me, 24-year-old, really, really blonde hair that had no idea what a Depo-Provera shot was. And if you don't know what a Depo-Provera shot, it's a, um, a birth control shot that women can take um, instead of taking a birth control well, I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about medicine. And so I told myself, I made a commitment with myself at that moment. I said, I will be the smartest person when it comes to these electronic health records or training doctors. I had to go and train surgeons. And I made a vow to myself that I was going to learn. Now, keep in mind, I didn't think I was smart. So I just stayed up extra late. I would go to bed at three in the morning and I would go back to the class that morning. I would be silent. I would take notes and I didn't even want to ask questions because I was embarrassed to be honest. But as I began to learn for the first time, probably in my whole life, I realized I am smart. I can do this. And it had nothing to do with, with measuring whether I got a 70 on the test or a hundred on the test. It again had everything to do with what I believed. And I actually started to believe that I was smart. And as it began that I believed I was smart, I wanted to become smarter. I wanted to know more. I wanted to try harder. Because as I did, it made a difference in my work. I would show up and the doctors would want to talk to me. They knew that they could trust that I was going to tell them how to do what they needed to do. I, um, I was working at Bethesda up in Maryland, and at that time, President Bush was in office, and I had the opportunity to train his entire staff and his nurse and, um, and all the VIPs up in Washington, and it was such an honor, and I felt like it was because, I again, I made that commitment to give my best, to make a difference, to, to work as hard as I could work to prove that somebody gave me this chance. His name was um, Jacob Denfield. Denfield Jacobs. 
And um, we called him Jake. And when he walked into Carabas that day and asked me what I wanted to do and got me this opportunity, I also promised to always pay it forward. And since then, I think I've been able to hire over 500 people. And when I started my company, Eager Concepts, at the time in 2010, uh, my father had just had his third heart attack. My mom was laid off and my grandmother had just lost her home in a hurricane. And I remember thinking, what do we do? My parents didn't have, uh, they didn't have retirement accounts. They didn't have anything. So I called my mom and I said, why don't we try to start a company? And then once I was able to give my mother a job, I um, started calling my friends and I said, what if I just train you on what I know? And we, we just repeat the, the cycle. And so a lot of my friends were in debt, had lots of college debt, um, didn't know what they wanted to do with their life. And yet God had used me to pay it forward because he then used Jake to then pay it forward for me. And it's been a ripple effect ever since. And I feel like all of it has come to this place to start Illuminative because now I want to do that ripple effect. I want to pay it forward. I want to teach you how to be a business owner, how to, um, again, going back to how I started, how to make a change and what to do. So this is going to be set up like a direct sales company. And a direct sales company is where you can be an independent retailer. You can set up your own shop. And what I'm going to do differently is I'm not going to ask you to just keep buying inventory. I'm not going to ask you to keep buying um, too much, uh, too, too many pieces of our apparel line or our jewelry or whatever it may be so that then you're racked up credit card debt. I'm going to teach you how to promote yourself on social media. I'm going to teach you how to host parties to make a change. I'm going to teach you how to uh, set up your back office, how to manage your finances, how to invest back into a company how to ask for possibly some, some um, money so that you can build your own business, how to be successful in your way and the illuminative way. Well, I had this idea to start an apparel line, as I said, stamped with I am statements. All the clothes are going to be solid patterns because I don't, I don't want to exclude or, or, you know, if some people like patterns, some people um, like solids, but I feel like everybody likes the solid. So I want this to fit any, any style, any age. I want the, the clothes are going to be where you can dress them up or dress them down. We're going to show you different ways that you can create them. And then the fabrics are going to be so soft and cozy that you're just going to want to put them on and wear them. And again, maybe wear them to yoga or to a grocery store, or maybe dress it up for an evening night out with friends or a date. So I think you're going to fall in love with the clothing. That's easy. But then when you are uh, doing a Facebook live or a social media or, um, or you're at a house hosting a party, we're going to bring in the essence of these I am statements. So is somebody going to walk away changed? I am brave. I am powerful. I am smart. I am wealthy. I am enough. I am influential. Illuminative is the essence of light and creating light. And what we're looking for is we're looking for luminaries. And luminary is the one to spread light. So I want you to come and be a part of the Luminary family. Let us teach you um, what everybody else is doing that looks like they're creating success or that they, you know, have made millions. And what are they doing differently? Become a part of Illuminative because you want to be what you believe. You want your future to go forward. 
with a new mindset, a new outlook, full of light. Join Illuminative because you want to create maybe some extra supplemental income. Maybe it's hard to pay for soccer right now or gymnastics. Maybe you want to go on a trip that you've never taken. Set a goal. I'll teach you how to create vision. I'll teach you how to create goals. I'll teach you how to then obtain them and put them forth so that once you see them, they become a reality. We'll create vision boards together. We'll set those goals up and watch watch them succeed. Maybe it's uh, you want to adopt. I'll tell you my infertility story of another episode. I'm going to have Holly Branson join me, the daughter of Sir Richard Branson. And we're going to talk about what it is to be moms, what it is not only to be moms, but we're both mother of boy girl twins. So tune in for the future. Follow us on um, our social media pages. Listen, if, if you don't want to be a part of the Illuminata family, come to our podcast. And, and hopefully change will happen. I want nothing but peace and love and joy to flow into your hearts, your families, your love. And again, practice your I am. Write down the very thing that you're struggling with. If you don't believe that you're beautiful, then that's your word. If you don't believe that you're wealthy, that's your word. If you don't believe that you're smart, then that's your word. So until next time, I am April Bernal Cleek. And I'm so happy to be with you guys. Thanks for listening.